Thank you for tuning in to Just BS and Podcast. Uh, today, I got one of my first people that I met at um, school, one of my first friends, Leon. Um, Leon, when people come up here, I usually get them to say um, do they how they remember the first time we met or like one of the first memories. So let me get you to tell your first memory or if you remember the first time we met. Well, shit, man, you first met, when we first met was uh, freshman orientation. We were sitting all in the, in the little room, and we had to go around the room, introduce yourself, state what school you're from, what state you're from, and shit. You got up there, it was like, shit, I'm Michael Hines from Portsmouth, Virginia. I go to Newark, and I'm like, shit, I'm Leon Langley, go to Lake Tyler, I'm from Norfolk. And then ever since then, we exchanged information before we got back to school, and we from there on, we formed our crew from the 75. Yeah, I mean, that, that's right. Um, and this was when MySpace was out. Um, early Facebook, before people was on Facebook for real, for real. Um, we used to have that Shaw University class of 2011 group that everybody joined. But um, yesterday we lost a young legend, a young king, a father, a husband, a cousin, a uncle, teammate, friend, or however you want to say he was to you, but we lost Kobe Bryant. Unexpectedly, though. Um, and you a Lakers fan. Yeah. So, like, man, um, how did you look at Kobe growing up? I mean, shit, looking at Kobe growing up, obviously – Everybody that's our age, that's our era. You know, before Kobe, you know, it was MJ, but our era was Kobe. Everybody already know. Dial High Lakers fan, bleed purple and gold, Kobe this, Kobe that, from Froby to Kobe. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? From the 8 to the 24. I mean, I looked at him more as a basketball player. You know, he was a, he was a trailblazer. He was a trendsetter. He was one of them guys that you look up to that was fearless, relentless, and, and coming from my background and where I'm from, you got to be that way. Coming from your background, where you're from, you got to be that way. That's the only way to make it out. I mean, you got to be exceptional. And he, he, he embodied that. You see that on the court. Hard work, work ethic, dedication. Right? He was a true, true testament when skill meets will. And then you could persevere. That, that was, that's what he, he meant. Like, that's what I define him as. And see, me personally, man, while he was playing, I didn't like Kobe. Um, if you know me, you know I'm a Rockets fan. And every time it was our year, we get stopped by the Lakers. Every time. So I, I hated LeBron. I mean, I'm sorry, I hated Kobe. Um, but after he left, I started to appreciate his game. Um, I think I really understood the difference from, like you said, Froby versus Kobe. Um, Number eight versus twenty-four. Um, and when when you hear how he practiced, wake up at um, three, work out forty-six, go home, relax, come back nine to eleven, go home, relax, come back four to six again, relax, and then might just shoot around later that night after his family go to sleep, and repeat it over and over. That that's the stuff that we don't see. Um, what, he tore his Achilles? Yep. Two shots, walked off. 
um, like you said, relentless. Um, it was a reason why they called him Black Mambo. And this comes from a person who I watch basketball, but I really don't um, dissect it like I do with football. But um, it was just a tragedy. Um, rest in peace to all people that was involved with it, man. Not only Kobe, but only reason why we know about this more is because it was Kobe and his daughter. Um, and it's crazy because, like, how did you hear the news? I mean, <clears throat> I was, uh, matter of fact, I was in the whoop. I heard it, you know, the group chat. Somebody somebody hit the group chat. It was like, Kobe died. Kobe just died. I'm like, what? I'm thinking they talking about Kobe, Kobe the rapper, whatever they call old buddy from Chirac Sh- Sh- or whatever they call him. I'm thinking they talking about him. And it was like, nah, we talking about Kobe Bryant. Everybody like, man, stop playing. But, you know, us women really play around about death because that, that hit home. So when they said that, I was just, I was just like frozen for a second. Like, what? And then next thing you know, <clears throat> check social media, <clears throat> all the outlets, CNN, ABC, ESPN, whatever you could think of, all the notifications start popping up on the phone. And then next thing you know, my phone just started blowing up. Everybody started calling me. You hear the news, you hear the news. Like, boom, Kobe, Kobe gone. I'm like, what? You feel me? So I'm just trying to wait that everything die out because I know how it is with social media and they they gonna put out stuff to to get their views and and make sure they got viewers tuning in and things of that nature without really knowing the full story. Shit, somebody said Rick Fox died. <laughs> right, one of them. Exactly, they said Rick Fox and he wasn't even on the plane. But uh, when I started thinking about him, like man, I wonder who was on the helicopter with him. On, you know, on the helicopter with him, and then it was like his daughter was up there with him, and I was like, man, that's crazy. You know what I mean? I'm like, she was on the plane with him. And then I'm like, it was like, it was originally five people pulled their head, passed away and died. And then what? The final number would happen to be what? Nine? Eight or nine. Eight or nine. Everybody on the, you know, on the private helicopter, you know, passed away. And funny is, you know the story about Kobe, early in his career, when he started to get into helicopters and learn about helicopters, is where he kind of got his passion to fly that way. That's how he was able to be. Travel. Throughout LA. Yeah, that's how he was able to beat all the traffic and be Mamba on the mm-hmm. court, but be Kobe to his daughters. Because, like he said, I mean, if you go back to any of his old, you know, recent interviews, he talked about traveling and getting back and forth, wanting to get to practice and get to the gym early in the morning, but then get out of that practice early gym session, take get home, to take his daughters to school, carpool like everyone else, drop them off, fly back to the Staples, work out. Then when it's time to get off during the evening, the afternoon, yeah, he. Vanessa could have did it, but he didn't want Vanessa to do it. He wanted mm-hmm. to do it. Get all the time he could in with his daughters. He'll fly, you know, helicopter back. So that became normal routine for him. So obviously, <clears throat> LeBron broke his record the night before in Philly. He was there for it. Mm-hmm. And then his normal routine, you know, get back to LA, get up early with his daughter Gigi, her teammate, and, you know, his her family and the pilot and do what they do, their normal routine. Yeah. Take the chopper. To the camp and you know to the game that they were supposed to have with their daughter that day, and you know I don't know what's true or not. I'm just kind of waiting to let things play out. What he was talking about, well, they don't know if it was safe enough to travel because of the fog, um, or not. You know I don't know what's, what's to be true. I guess you know when the smoke clear, we'll really find out what happened. See, see, we'll never really know about <clears throat> nothing because you know how we do. First thing we hear or see, we search social media. Um, we living in a social media time where 
whatever you want to know, you look up on social media. You just skip Google or you you skip research. Now, I'm not saying that it's not no valid um, networks out there, but, man, um, it's a lot of falsified stuff. Like, I seen somebody even put up a helicopter crashing, and you could it looked like it wasn't even near L.A. or anything. Just for for clout or whatever, um, but you know, um, Tracy McGrady said that um, Kobe always said he he didn't want to die old; he wanted to die young. And it kind of got me thinking, like, um, you know how like they say some people could feel their death. Not saying that's the way that he wanted to die, but I mean, it, it was just a sad case and not. Not only that, you with your daughter. Yeah, I mean, when I just to think about it. So when they first was like Kobe, you know, that's that's the guy, right? That's the man, the myth, the legend. So everybody keeps saying, you know, Kobe died, Kobe passed, right? And all I could think about was his daughters, right? And I was just thinking about Gigi, like, I was like, that's a tragedy. I'm like, she probably never be the same. She'll never pick up a basketball again, not knowing that she happened to be on the plane too. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, that was like. You know, I mean, he got his daughters. He loved them all equally, but you know, that was his his best friend. That was the one that picked up the rock. That was gonna be the one that carried on the legacy, far as basketball goes. So, to see that happen to 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 her, is she the oldest? No, she not. She she got a, he got an older daughter who's seventeen. She's the oldest. Gigi, Gigi the second daughter, and then he got the third one, and then he got the newborn who's seven months. So he got four girls, and Gigi the second one. She just happened to be the one to pick up the basketball like Kobe, and. For his, you know, his wife, Vanessa, I can't imagine, like, how can you even fathom burying your, your husband that you've been knowing and been married to since y'all was teenagers and then your daughter, you feel me? Also. And then you still got three daughters to watch over mm-hmm. and the rest of your family. So your prayers out to, to the, you know, to the Bryant family and all the other parties involved, you know, because they're all mourning too. Mm-hmm. And the whole NBA where everywhere is mourning. Um, I love the fact that a lot of the people, a lot of the games, they did the 24-second um, violation and mm-hmm. then the eight-second. I felt like that was dope, man. Even in the um, NFL <clears throat> during the Pro Bowl, when they when it came across there, you hear a Kobe chant at a football football game. I mean, um, it, it's, it's just a tragic, I mean, a tragedy, man. That's... I mean, we never know when we're going to go, but that way, that's just, mm, I don't know what to say about that one. I guess, man, I, I was I always, I heard it saying, like, you know how tragic events occur, or certain things happen that shift, shift, the, shift the world, shift the globe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like reality set in. It was one of them, them shocking moments, like one of the ones that kind of put things back in perspective for people, man, like life is too short be holding grudges, to be bitter, to hate somebody, to envy somebody, to be jealous of somebody, to to not, you know, live in your moment and live to your fullest potential. A lot of people dwell on all the things that don't even really matter, and that kind of like stuff like that puts things back in perspective. Mm-hmm. Same thing when Nip passed away, you know, it's just ironic that, you know, he'll pass away and get, taken out in his own neighborhood, his own shopping center in front of his own store, something that he built from the ground up. It's like he built the kingdom and then he, he came back to his kingdom to 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 perish away. Yeah. To to live his legacy from afar. I mean, and the same thing with Kobe, I mean, 
going to do what he doing, going to do what he loved, and having his loved one right there beside him. So he got mm-hmm. his family and basketball, two two things that he probably you know hold closest to him, and. That city tore up right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, LA, I think about it. They still getting over Nip. Yeah, it ain't been a year. I mean, it's crazy if they what say City of Fallen Angels is where LA is. Yeah. And you think they took some, you know, some devastating blows with Kobe meant to that community of Los Angeles, not only there, but across the globe. I mean, he I mean, like I said, if you're in my era, man, like think about all the times, stupid times, you know, classroom or anywhere. I'm in the office, I might ball up a piece of paper. Sure, my shoulder do the little mm-hmm. fadeaway, like Kobe. That, like, I watch everybody do that. My nephews do it, mm-hmm. little kids do it. I watch people do that all the time. They'll sit there and shoot a shot and be like, Kobe. Yeah, and like that, the name came up adjective, adverb, verb, depending on how you use it. Um, if you think about it, all the good athletes have an adjective or adverb or something. Moss. Yeah. Vic. Kobe. I ain't even, like I said, I wasn't a Kobe fan, but it was natural for you to just shoot the ball and say Kobe. Um, I mean, you know how he was. Yeah. Shooter's going to shoot. It don't matter what type of night he have. He gonna, he, that's him relentless. It's like he he do it with no conscience. The, that's what he do. Like, think about it. Rookie year, you know, he had eight points. Games where he went over. Yeah, he failed several times, missed game-winning shots, but guess what he's going to do? He's going to take every game-winning shot, and he lived life like that to the fullest. Like, So I feel like if anybody listening in and tuning in, if you know Kobe, if you know his legacy, if you're reading about him or just learning about him, just think about who he was, not only as a player, but who he was outside of being a player. And he was relentless. Everything he did, he did to the fullest extent. He was a super competitor. Um super driven so i mean if you can learn anything from this you know live in your moment love the ones that's around you while you got them wrap your arms around them mm-hmm. tell people you love them you know and just and try to find your purpose while you're on this while you're on this earth because you never know and life is short man for real like you look at it like it's long like think about it we 30 years old you'll be 31 next month mm-hmm. um and the average, I don't know the average, but, you know, I want to say, like, 60 is the average. We halfway through. We halfway through um, that we think of because we don't know our expiration date. We don't know. Like you said, while you're here, you got to live it to your fullest, man. Just because you go out the house, that don't mean you necessarily go come back. Crazy. And, and that's a... That's crazy because you know where we're from, man. When you make it to 18, that's a milestone. Yeah, you hit. So, so now it's like day by day. Even like recently, um, I couldn't sleep at all yesterday. Um, I just kept thinking, like, what the fuck? I couldn't sleep at all last night. Um, I wake up this morning to one of my young boys, rest in peace. Like this year alone, I've I haven't been on social media like um, a lot this year so far but just alone saying rest in peace i say that more times this year in 2020 than baby showers and weddings i've been to in 2019 and it ain't even been the whole month yet it's crazy one it 27 days in bro yeah and it, and it's and it's not like um we're living in a time where well, i don't know man it's, it's just crazy because you think as you get older you think you know the um, formula, people trying to stop the violence and whatever, but it seems like it's just more happening. 
I mean, it is. <clears throat> this is a different era. I mean, a lot of kids, I mean, they get raised off of social media. I mean, it's different. Like, babies, they two years old, three years old. And, you know, everybody raised their kids differently. It's all about your upbringing. But they raised off of social media. They got tablets and iPads and and things of that nature. All these type of things that you play with at two or three years old. At two, three years, I won't think about no tablet or nothing like that. I'm thinking about, let me get a basketball, a football, like stuff like that, a bike. Things that you got to actually go outside and do, like go outside and, and actually do something athletic or do something that's going to keep your body going. Like nowadays, kids, and that's why so much obesity mm-hmm. nowadays, because kids get raised off social media. Like, yeah, they seeing what they see, they seeing what they see on TV or what they hear on the radio or what they think is cool. And they're not learning no principles. They're not learning no morals. These want to be OGs, supposed to be OGs, or whatever the case may be. And they out here selling these people false dreams, bro. Because mm-hmm. they trap mind, body, and so they at an age where they trap. And they and they ain't going no places. So they out here feeding these lies to these young, these young guys about all these false hope promises and dreams and things of that nature. So they don't know what it is to stand on your own too. Stay ten toes down and, and weather the storm. Keep your chin up, your chest out. But do do you believe that it's uh, now? I do believe some of the OGs are raising them in the wrong direction. But I also believe a lot of the young people they're at the point now where they don't even respect the old heads. They just say, "Yo, you hating? Why you hating on me?" When in fact, some of these old heads is really um, trying to tell y'all what to do. Well, not what to do. We're trying to drop gems on you. Um. But it was just a sad case because, like, I met him when I started working at Wilson. I was on cafeteria duty. Count tried to walk out. I'm like, hey, hey, come here, such and such. He sat down, um, talked to me. He was like, yo, I know you. And when we chit-chatted, he was like, he, we talked or whatever. And he was like, from that point, he used to always come over there. Him and because you know, I was the youngest teacher at uh, Wilson, so all the young seniors used to come over there with me. He told me, like, he was he came down there to Shaw with us. He, I didn't even know that. He was like, Yeah, I was in 10th grade, y'all had homecoming here, this, this, and this. And like, he was a genuine good dude. He was like, Man, you could tell he was one of them young dudes that been through a lot. And by the time he was at that age, I want to say like 17, 18, he was like, Man, I'm tired of this junk, man. I'm about to just do this, this, this. And he used to stay to himself, man. He won't, he won't on no hot jump, but got killed going home in front of his house. That jump sad. It is though, bro. Like that, you said, you never know. Life's short. I know. Um, and then going back to the Kobe thing, then you know some people. One thing I don't like, I don't like TMZ, all them, all them networks. Like you can't even mourn in peace. Like, what kind of message is you, not saying that's how Vanessa found out, but she probably was on social media, seeing the news come across before somebody even called her and told her. Absolutely. She probably didn't get confirmation. I think that was kind of That was her confirmation. Yeah, her confirmation probably was what she sent on all the social media. I think that was, I think, you know, I believe that was the same thing with the, with the Nipsey situation with Lauren. I don't know if she got the phone call or was it social media that was going off? Because, I mean, nowadays there's so many news avenues man everybody wants to go viral everybody wants to blow up or get paid or quick fame so the quickest mm-hmm. way to fame is social media to get popular or get known or get notoriety man and 
is so many lames, so many computer geeks, man. Mm-hmm. They get behind these computers and social medias and think they're somebody they're not. They get on these social sites and they live these false lives and they want to be somebody that they're not because they're not comfortable with them themselves. They're not really who they, they're not true to themselves. So they just get on these social medias and do anything. So when when you see people blogging and screaming and doing all that stuff, they're just trying to find a quick way to fame to get people to, to like them for who they think they are, but not who they really are. And they can't be true to themselves. And and, and that is true. Uh, while we on the um, LA topic, um, I want to say big shout out to Nipsey Hussle for winning a Grammy yesterday. Um, the thing that bothered me was we show so much love and give so much credit after a person die. <laughs> it's, it's, the sickest, it's, it's the sickest thing ever, bro. I feel like you're supposed to give these people they, they roses and flowers while they still here, man. And, and that's the truth, bro. I just I, I watch that. It happens over and over so many times. And not, I mean, that, that guy was a, he was a trailblazer, another man, the myth and the legend, in mm-hmm. his own making. If, if you follow music, even if you follow music, right? Even if you didn't follow hip hop, <clears throat> you just follow his upbringing or you just follow his story of him being a, a true hustler, a true entrepreneur, somebody that wouldn't settle, somebody that wouldn't let nobody put a, a ceiling over him. Nobody wouldn't, they, they can't tell him like, oh, this is all I got for you. This is this is it for you. He wouldn't let nobody do that. He was always like, I'm going to do it on my own from selling. From the, from, from the start. From the start, from selling the shirts, from selling the CDs, right out of his own trunk with his brother, Black Salmon. That's, that shows you the type of guy he was, bro. He always seemed bigger picture, bro. Crypt, cryptocurrency and all that stuff. He already had visions of that stuff. He was ahead of his time. time. Way, way ahead of his time, bro. Um, and like me personally, I wasn't a Die Hard fan. Um, I like Nipsey. Um, I look more into his interviews. His music was good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'd be a lie to say. I was his number one fan. I did this, this, and this. Nah, I had certain songs that I liked from him. Um, I like a lot of his older mixtapes. Um, matter of fact, I think Jizzle the one that put me on the victory lap. Yeah. Um, but I like his interviews. Um, one thing about me, I like picking people's brains. Um, I'm not a person that read a lot, but he was one of the ones after hearing the interview, I was like, boy, everybody was talking about Malcolm X, but let me start off with that. Um, all right, then I moved to Charlemagne. Um, but his vision, man, like, they don't make too many people like that. Or they may do, and they just not out there. Or they don't have the voice to um, attract the people. Um, but, yeah, a year after his death, Y'all want to give him a Grammy. When that thing should have got Grammy nominated, it was nominated, but he mm-hmm. supposed to won that Grammy off the rip. We already know it ain't about his passing or nothing like that. It's just the the, the way he put that music together. Victory Lot was a top to bottom. It's a classic. And because that came out that. a year before he died. Right. And so it dropped. And he was already, he was doing, he was running his Victory Lot. Yeah. That, you get what I'm saying? He was running his Victory Lot. The marathon was leading up to the victory yeah. lap, and then the name of this album was Victory Lap, but everything was working out in his favor. He was finally getting his just due mm-hmm. in the industry, not only in the rap game, but just in the 
complete industry scene, whether it was him scratching big deals with Puma and things of that nature, he was getting his just due. But the talent always been there. The vision mm -hmm. always been there. And he did everything on his terms. He wasn't settling for none of that stuff because he wasn't about to, like I said, let people put a cloud on him. He knew it was bigger than what they thought it was and where it was going to go. That's why mm -hmm. he was able to say, I'm selling mixtapes 100 for a mixtape. Yeah. And, and it you, worked. And, and guess what? Real recognized real because you got people like Ho come through and buy 100 of those mm -hmm. himself because he know, like, this cat different. He got a vision way beyond his years, bro. And that right there, you get, like, real hustlers going to go home to that, whether they're yeah. older or younger. I heard um, Cube say something today um, when I was riding from, riding from the office, just riding home, just listening to smart individuals talk about individuals like him like he was like man I ain't, I ain't never had a, a superhero or somebody I thought that was a superhero that was younger than me when he was speaking about Kobe mm. like it's people out there like that man yeah honestly man you 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 never know who look up to you you never know who look up to you and um I learned that from somebody and it made me kind of like shift the way I move and whatnot, knowing that things that you do impact others. Um, you may not think it's um, that much of a big deal, but other people look at that and people look up to you, man. So you out here doing this, doing that, man. Nipsey done led the way for people from that neighborhood because at the time, all you know is crip, 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 gang banger, gang banger. But he, he plot little gems for them, little stuff. Now it's time for them to um rise up. Time to rise above it. I mean, that's like oppression. All that stuff was there. That was designed to keep people down, man. People didn't have the tools to go read a book and pick up a book and, and learn their own knowledge of the history and the past and what's coming for the present. That's why he was able to put all that stuff in place for people to go learn about it, you know, putting those programs in his neighborhoods that was there. And, you know, while we're talking about him, like, people like LeBron, like, that's why I got so much respect for LeBron off the court. That man, the young, like, LeBron doing things that's going to last way beyond basketball. Same thing with Kobe, the same thing with Nip. They're doing things that's going to last way beyond basketball. LeBron got a whole academy going, a whole, you know, private school for these kids that go and get education beyond public schooling. It don't cost them nothing. Mm -hmm. And with that, he even giving the parents, like, if your child come here, you ain't got your education, you could come here or you go to college. So, like, man, we, we need those people here, man. Everything ain't about um, street, 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 um, doing this, doing that. And that was something that I kind of, um, that was something that was my downfall, man. Like, I didn't have no older people to tell me, yo, you need to do this, you need to do that. So everything I learned, I learned on my own. Um, far as, like, financial aid and school and stuff, my dad did that because he also played football. But other than that, man, like, I went to Shaw, 17. Mom dropped me off, <laughs> and I was on my own. Um in a whole new state, a whole new city, a whole new atmosphere in survival mode. And that's um that's one thing I could say about like people where we from, from the seven cities. Um you from Norfolk, I'm from Portsmouth, 
Newport News. Out of the seven cities, those three are the worst cities, most violent cities. Um, how would you able to survive Norfolk? I mean, <clears throat> I was like you said, it's just coming up in the seven five. Those three cities, you know, bad news. That the name of it, bad news. Portsmouth, Pistol City, the name of it, Norfolk, Shot City. The names ring bells. Like when you get names like that, you don't get them for good reasons, you get them for bad reasons. I mean, it, <clears throat> the way I was able to survive was really, man, sports. Like, sports was one of the main things that helped me survive, man. Picking up a basketball, back to talking about Kobe, watching people like Kobe come up and watching him go straight to the pros from high school at 17 years old, watching AI. You come from the 75, we got, we got endless talent. AI, Vic, you got people like Curry from back in the day that used to put up numbers. You got people like Lawrence Taylor, Aaron Brooks, Plexico Burris. Ple There's a bunch of legends from the seven five that really used to that really used to put on and was trailblazers. But really, man, I ain't gonna lie. Picking up a basketball, picking up a football, baseball, track anything that was to do with to do with being an athlete. I was all for it. The boys and girls club. That's why I give back to the boys and girls club to this day. That stuff helped save me. Them after school programs, man. Coming up, going to them after school programs, being able to sit down and just do my homework or not focus on when my next meal can come, getting a meal at the Boys and Girls Club with the with the after school programs. All that stuff took me a long way. I was able to survive and navigate through it by just having that type of upbringing and keeping, you know, trying to keep like mind around people around me. But at the same time, <clears throat> it's easy to get in, you know, it's easy to get in trouble and it's, it's hard to get out. And it's and it's easy to get in trouble coming up on the south side of Norfolk. You know what time it is. Like it's it's just like any south side in any city in any state I ever heard of or been to is where they put all the section they all the low poverty. There's nothing there for you. There's no there's, there's no out there's no outlets. It's like they put you there and they put you there to rot. That's why it's called re re you know, re rehousing development authority or section eight or the trap, whatever you wanna call it. All right, so with, so with that, do you think, do you think it's um, really? All right, so look, you, we know depending on where you at. Some people say ghetto, some people say projects mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, you know, the ghetto projects, whatever you want to call it, was built that for families to get yourself right to move forward. But instead, we have families that stayed there. Oh, my rent, $20? I'm going to just stay here. I ain't going to get married or I ain't going to say I got a boyfriend. So when they come check, hey, you you need to leave. Don't come here until after I call you. Like, yeah. <clears throat> now what they doing with the uh, housing authorities, the leases, look, you can't stay here no more than five years. Yeah. Five years, you should be straight now to move out. That's what they did with some of the houses in Portsmouth, like, they tore them down. They still section eight, um, but now they give you a timeline. Mm -hmm. And I think that was our downfall back in the day. People got accustomed to, uh, let me pay twenty dollars. Let me pay twelve dollars. They did. It's like crabs in the barrel. They put all the poor people, all the people that doesn't have <clears throat> means to an end or don't have ways to residual outcome or really have a career. They have a job. Like you know, it's not wrong with having a job, but they just you know they go to work, they collect their check. And then they spend their money on whatever bills, but it's designed to keep you in poverty because you have everybody that 
<clears throat> it's doing the same thing you're doing, but it's like crabs in the in the bucket in the barrel. Everybody's down. It's like poverty. So if I'm poor and I ain't got nothing, you poor, you ain't got nothing. We all in the same type of situation. And the moment somebody try to climb up out of that and rise up above that is when the moment when somebody pull them back in. It's like we designed to beef with our own <clears throat> our own selves. We are our own worst enemies. You beefing whether you beefing within your neighborhood, if you ain't beefing with your neighbor, you beefing with the neighborhood right around the corner, right down the street, down the block, all the pots and stuff like that. And you saying they was tearing them down, like right now they're tearing down my old hood, this pop, they tearing it down. So I rode, I'm riding past it just a couple of weeks back. I'm just devastated. I'm like, I'm thinking in my mind, like, man, they tearing down the hood. But at the same time, I start thinking back on the other end of things. They tearing it down because it's time to change, like. Some change got to come in order for the city to become better, in order for the city to be attractive and, and you know, really do things beyond that. You got to you, you gotta sometimes destroy before you elevate. All right, so I was thinking, like, um, you know how, like, some people be like, um, well, you went to college. I didn't have it like you. Do, do you really believe that? Cause do you believe that? Listen, bro, I find that to be funny because... The same 24 hours I, I got, they got. The same scenarios and situations they've been through, I've been through. The difference between me and them was I did not allow that to let that be my end-all, be-all. Like, I didn't care what people said. Like, you ain't going to do this, you ain't going to do that. You know how many people doubted me and tried to tell you you ain't going to do these things? I didn't know I was going to go to college. I ain't have no plans on going to college right away. I had no plans on going to college at all, to be honest. It's just that I was smart enough to know that, you know, you got to get an education and reality set in like at the end of the day what you gonna do with your life outside of outside of high school mm -hmm. like what what are you gonna do is it is it like what are you gonna do you gonna be you know staying here your entire life or you gonna make something out of yourself luckily i had you know older cousins or older brothers like you get what i'm saying i got a cousin that's my we tight like that's that's my role model and you know he was able to go to college a, a year or a year and a half before i did my brother went to college uh two years before i did so you know, our generation, we sat down and talked about this coming up, growing up. Like, our parents went through the worst type of struggle there is, but we said that we got to break these generational curses. So we sat down and talked about it. Like, and they, somebody set the trend. My brother went first, and like I said, my cousin went right after him. So at that time, I felt like I was obligated to go. It was, it was, it was in my cars to go, and I had time to do something beyond being in Norfolk. And luckily, you know, I had scholarships, and them, them scholarships found me. I had scholarships at different schools, but... Was it easy? No, I just had a talent. I had a gift, and I used that to my advantage. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't allow the circumstances or the situation to hold me back because I know people that was probably way more talented than me. But I had the grit and I had the will to not allow people around me to keep me oppressed and just keep like I didn't let them take their downfalls and their pitfalls and be like, man, you can't do this, you can't do that, and allow that to fester in me. I'm like, man, at the end of the day. I got my own 24 hours to, to do it my way. I got my own two feet, my own legs and arms to do what I got to do to get by. So at the same time, it's like you have the same 24 hours. You have the same resources and tools, and now it's more resources and tools than ever. And I ain't never think about it like me going to college was just different for a lot of people in my hood, a lot of people from the south side. You feel me? Like I was a part of one of them eras where a lot of young fellas like my age – at the time, we was the ones start said, fuck it, going to school. Me and my ace, me and my best friend, we both went to college. He went to a different college. He went to the same college my brother went to. I came out here to Shaw and met you at the same time. But me making that move and getting away from Norfolk and just 
getting out of the state of Virginia just for a little while, that taught me a lot. It took me, it took me from a boy to a man to really get out here and survive on my own. Taught me how to, you know, true survival. Like while trying to become an adult and going through these trials and tribulations along the way. There's times where I could have said fuck school and you feel me, my grades weren't right and plenty of times, you get what I'm saying, where situations occur where I could have been like, man, I ain't fucking with this shit, man. Like, damn, you know, I ain't got my scholarship no more, fuck that. But I ain't allow that to to let me down, find ways to just rise above that shit. I'm relentless. Like, I'm a go-getter. I'm a true natural born hustler. It's in my blood. If you know me, then you know. I ain't even got to speak on it. Yeah, I know um, with me personally, like, I had got into it with one of my friends and, um, Basically, he was like, man, I ain't had opportunities like you had the opportunities. And I'm like, bro, I said, man, you went to elementary together. Man, you you got free education like I got free education. Man, you played middle school. We went to middle school together. You got free education like I got free education. We went to high school together. You got free education like I got free education. I'm like, and my nigga, on top of that, don't get me wrong, you stand out, you stay out the hood. The only difference between me and you is your mom on Section 8 staying out the hood, my mom on Section 8 renting the house. Um, y'all got a y'all got a Lex, all this in front of y'all house. We got, I mean, we got a truck. I mean, we ain't had a bad car. My mom always had a good car, but you know what I'm saying? Um, you got banging clothes. I had banging clothes, but the struggle for my clothes was different. Like, I had to work for my stuff. I mean, not saying he didn't work or whatever, but, but like, we had the same opportunity. The biggest difference was I decided to play football. I decided to play baseball. I decided to run track. I even marched. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm like, yo, me and you skipping together. We skipping, we skipping class. We got such and such. I do my work, though. Just because I'm skipping, that don't mean I don't do my work. So I'm getting my grades. You the one that decided not to do your work. And it was all love after the conversation or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you friends or whatever, sometimes you just have that 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 debate, that fight. Sometimes you fight, and then tomorrow you act like ain't nothing happen. If y'all real friends. Um, but that was something I was like, yo, bro, like you had the same opportunity, like you said, the same 24 hours, man. Um, we gotta stop making the excuse of being a product of our environment. Everybody always say, um, man, I want to make it out. I want to do this. But I go back home sometimes, man, and they be like, yo, you home? Hey, come through. All right, where y'all at? I'm such and such. Oh, all right, man. I know goodness why I ain't going over there. Or oh, I be like, yo, just come through. I ain't got no ride. I mean, I think <clears throat> I think it's crazy, bro, It, it you know, and it's not a don on that or talk, you know, ain't talking down on nobody or nothing. But you people got people are in positions in place where they allow themselves to be there, man. If you really want to rise above it, there's so many different ways that you can rise above it and go make it happen. I've seen people make it happen. Mm-hmm. I've seen people not make it happen. But one thing about it is a lot of people using a lot of excuses, man. And them excuses is not going to get you anywhere, man. Think about it. Look where we at. North of Portsmouth. If I didn't go to college, I would have went to the shipyard apprenticeship. Federal job. People don't want to stop. Bro, you can't stop smoking for 30 days. 
to get in the shipyard. They want you to get in there. You know what I'm saying? Plenty of people in the shipyard smoke or whatever. But, like, come on, you got to start taking priorities to move forward. And some people don't want to do that. That's why, like, I mean, like you said, we ain't talking down or whatever. But sometimes you just got to separate yourself, get your, your shit together, and then come back. If they don't want to move forward, you know how to kick it with them. You know, all right, man, like, I'm going to come through, slide through. Hey, what's up, bro? Such and such. Text or whatever. But it's, it's some people I don't talk to right now because I feel like, man, if you ain't trying to help yourself, if you ain't trying to better yourself, I can't be around you. I mean, it ain't nothing personal, man. <clears throat> you know, I got my my same circle I've been rocking with. We've been rocking since diapers, and they already know how, how I'm coming. Like, this ship going to sail regardless, with or without you. Are you going to be an anchor to the ship? Are you going to be a person on the ship driving the ship or adding sails to the ship to make it go fast or add a motor to the ship? This ship going regardless. I don't need no anchor to the ship, and it's nothing personal. It's just at the end of the day, circle getting smaller. Everybody can't go. Just like Nip said, it's the truth. Everybody come with a timestamp when it comes to certain things, bro. And if they can't see that, they have somebody in front of them. And it's like you are who you hang around. You are what you eat and things of that nature. Like if you ain't inspired by people in the room with you that you're around, then what are you doing? What are you doing? There's no way. Like you, you can be successful and you get what I'm saying? You can be the only one successful or you can be successful and bring people along or people that's seeing you be successful if they really want to be successful they're going to ask you they're going to ask questions or they're going to want to be right there with you to 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 not leech but to add more to your legacy more power to you because the more powerful you get the more powerful more powerful they can get you get what i'm saying i just had a business meeting earlier when i was talking about that talking to a guy same situation similar situation from from fairville you know what i mean from fairville which is just like north of Portsmouth. and he in a situation he an older guy but he just mesmerized it well, I'm at my life at at my age, and he like, man, if I had the skills and and the tools you had at at, at my at, at your you know at my age that you got now, ain't no telling what would be like. You you got something a gift that a lot of people ain't got, and he ain't the first person to say that to me. So when I heard that multiple times, it started to set in and soak in. Like I'm hearing this from multiple people, not just family members. People just saying it just to say mm -hmm. it, or people saying it because they saying it with love. You're hearing it from other people, so... People you don't even know. Yeah, so if they telling you that, it's some truth to it, bro. If everybody's mm -hmm. saying that type of stuff, it's some truth to it. So at the same time, man, like, it's nothing personal. Like, it's nothing personal. If you want to be great, I can try to help you be great. I'm still trying to be great myself, but at the same time, you got to be around like-minded individuals, man. If this person over here is successful and you're trying to be successful, then why not be over there? You can't be one foot in, one foot out, and that's a lot of people try to... Double Dutch hopscotch, one foot in, one foot out. You got to be all in if you're trying to win. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, like you said, you got to be all in. And some people don't want to be all in. Um, some people want to be in right here and then next week switch up a little bit. Um, and I can say I was, I was like that at one point. Um, I was like that, man. I was trying to live a double life, man. Um, and then I had to realize, man, fuck this shit, man. Like, this shit gonna be here. But all it takes for one mistake, and I'm gone, and that shit still gonna keep going. Um, and that's why I be trying to get people to understand. Like, a lot of people back home, man, everybody always be like, yo, I gotta come down to North Carolina. I gotta do this and this. And a few people came, and they went back and talked about it for, like, six months. And I'm like, yo, man, it won't even all that. But... It's just something different for them. 
and um even with some of my friends like when it, when I see that they're getting in that situation or I see when trouble leading them, I be like yo come down here for like a um, weekend or something man just get away and not knowing you know you seeing different things that open your eyes up man um Jerry always telling me though like I be like yo man as long as I'm living I'm okay and she was like, yeah, but you got to have more than that, than just to live. And it's, it's a mindset that I'm outgrowing. I'm like, yo, man, I'm living. I ain't in jail. I ain't dead, so I'm happy. Yep, and a lot of people do got that. A lot of people do got that mindset. But I, I, I outgrew that joint, too. I feel you same way. Like, man, I'm good, man. You know, I'm breathing. Everything good. Man, but at the same time, I ask people all the time, are you living or are you existing? It's one thing just to be existing, going through day-to-day life, mm-hmm. and it's just normal routine. Or are you living? Are you really out here enjoying life? Are you enjoying the fruits of your labor? Are you impacting people in positive ways, whether you know it or not? I definitely can say I'm living. Before mm-hmm. growing up, coming from where we're from, you're just trying to survive, bro. And, and you got survival instincts. So just existing was enough, right? That was just the goal. But now we passed that point. Now it's, now it's about living not just existing when mm-hmm. you when you coming from that yeah that's that's where you get to that step it's known but once you see that man's way more to that than that it, it it opens your eyes like you know what i mean like i said i i encourage everybody to travel much as they can go little places and they ain't got to be nowhere crazy and major but just see something different through a different lens that should inspire you and if you don't get inspired by that then i don't know what to tell you then you could place it you you good with living or being in the situation that you're in, and you ain't trying to really rise above that, you content. And I ain't no content, complacent person. Like, I talk about it. People get a taste of success, and, and, and you know, they, they lose their appetite. Not me. I get more hungry. I want to eat it up. I'm starving for, for the next successful venture. Like, in life, business, family, health, wealth, whatever. Like, that's, that's, that's me. Like, I want more of it because I know there's more to it. So I ain't going to let nobody put no ceiling on no cap on what I'm got going on in life. Yeah. I mean, and like like we've been saying, man, life is a precious thing, man, that you that you have to enjoy while you're here because once you're gone, it ain't no coming back. I mean, I understand depending on your religion, everybody have their different um aspect on what happened after life, but while you're on this earth, you you got to live. And if if living in you is, hey, I'm going to go see every parade that's near me. If that's what make you happy, do that. Um, oftentimes, a lot of people go on depression and whatnot, and when I ask them, yo, what makes you happy? They be like, I don't know. And I be like, all right, so look, think about things you used to do pre-depression. It may be something that you don't even think of, like, yo, I used to cheer. Um, or I used to love getting up, going um, to the mall and walk around. I'm like, yo, you need to start back doing that, man, because that was something critical to you that you forgot about. I know me me personally, man, one of the things that, that always helped me is playing football. I love football, flag football. I'd be damned if I put on equipment again <laughs> and get hit. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying, like just doing little shit like that um, that you got to do, man, to keep saying, man, because like you said, you living, you don't want to work too much. And not take care of yourself, self-care. So traveling, um, making sure that you're good. Those are some key things uh, that you want to do. Um, 
I came across a Twitter video, man. They got a seventh grade kid named Jamal, a monster. I think he like six four, drop stepping, two handed, and I'm looking at the comments. I'm like, yo, one one he's from Portsmouth, so I'm like, yo, you know, you support back home or whatever. Mm-hmm. Always. I see grown ass men hating on him, commenting like. I seen a couple of what was last week they threw the thing at LeBron's son when he was playing basketball. They yeah. threw something at him when he was out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And he's a ninth grader. This kid Jamal in seventh grade, and your grown ass hating on him. Like what the fuck? Did you know what that is? Like it's back to what I'm telling you, bro. People crabs in the barrel. They hate. They envy what they can't be. They they dreams aspirations gone. They washed up. So instead of praising the young man, instead of watching him really, and you know, and help embrace him and, and really just root him on so he can be one of the next greats, he might be one of the next greats, they'd rather just hate. And you're talking about a grown man talking down on a kid. That's pathetic, bro. That's pathetic. That, and that, that just shows they ain't, they ain't living right and they, ain't, they don't have nothing going for themselves. So they would rather talk bad and talk down on a, a seventh grade kid than to praise him. That's crazy to me. What's that, 12 years old, 13? It don't matter, 12, 13, 14. It don't even matter. You're a grown man, and and you talking down on the kid is crazy, bro. That's that's, that's sickening, bro. And that's crazy to see how people are. But guess what? It go back to what we've been talking about this whole podcast, man. Jealousy, hate, envy. And it can be grown man man hating on kids, which is sad to say, but that's that's how people are, bro. That's their mentality, bro. They don't want to see nobody else make it because they can't make it, bro. They washed up, they has been, mm-hmm. so they they that's this in them, bro. And that's why I make sure I distance myself from those type of people at all times, bro. I'm just hoping, um, you know, since we said earlier it's a social media driven world, I'm just hoping like he know how to um, adapt to it, um, blocking the haters <clears throat> or whatever. Because right now the kid got like sixty nine thousand followers. On Instagram, that's big. That's major. I mean, that's and that's light. And you say he only in seventh grade. Yeah, it's only gonna go up for him. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about having the right people around you. Surround yourself by like-minded individuals. If you got a strong team and a strong camp around them, you know, just having the right family members around them and mentors, you know, and coaches around them, that'll that'll put them in a lot of good places. And I I look at the. Seven five now. See all the all the cats in the league every time they playing the ball. I'm rooting for them to see all them cats in the league. It's so many people in the NBA and the NFL, especially the NFL right now. From the seven five, if you look it up, you'll be like, man, they everywhere. A lot of young boys from Lake Teller. <clears throat> they holding it down from Norfolk. Got a lot of young kids from Smith, <clears throat> Hampton, Newport News holding it down. Shout out to my boy B Dub. He out there doing his thing, holding it down in Cincy. And see, we were just having a conversation in Florida about this. Um... I would tell the people, like, you know, certain states got certain ballers. Um, you know, most of the time you go to Georgia, Florida, um, Alabama, Texas, you got football players. Um, you consider North Carolina a basketball state. So I was telling everybody, I was like, yo, well, when you're from Virginia, I'm like, especially 757, I was like, you don't really have a sport, you have athletes. I said most of these um, states, not saying everybody, I'll say if you play football, you focus on football, you run track to get faster for football. I said if you play basketball, you play basketball all year round. I said, but where we from, man, um, and not saying no other state like that, but if you play football, you're playing basketball. 
and you playing baseball, you running track, you doing all these things. I was like, you don't you don't get a season, your off season, to focus on a sport. I was like, man, I know people that came was playing basketball, came from an AAU tournament, got off the plane, went and played in a passing league game, then went back to play um, baseball because they might have been playing junior league, senior league, or whatever. So, like, you you doing all this, so, like, you don't have time to really develop, develop your sports. That's how it is, though. I mean, they be like, man, they already know if you're from Virginia, they be like, that Tidewater area, they know it. Mm-hmm. You, you're in that Tidewater area, something in the water. <laughs> it's something in the water. We pure athletes, they do it all. I mean, take it back to the day where you had Vic, you know, Vic was a, uh, electrifying athlete. Think about AI. He was all state in football and basketball, track, whatever he did. Come on, he a, mm-hmm. a, a once in a generational type of talent, man. And then you got people like Cam Chancellor, Plexico. Basketball was his first like, sport. Cam was a dog on that field. But the crazy thing was, he was an animal on the court as well. He was a dog. Like, there's a lot of players I'm sitting here thinking about. My ace, Boone Coon, George, he was a dog on, 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 on football and basketball. He could have did either one. Yeah, my cousin. It was. It's so many people that you could think about that played both sports. Tyrod, but there's some people that was some like Percy. Yeah, he was. We, he was all state in all three sports. And we went to school like Jew. Jew played football, basketball, and baseball, like all year round. Um, ben, Ben played football, baseball, basketball, and excelled in all in all three sports. Um, like you said, man, Virginia, we we got some ballers, man. And I'm a, did you watch the Pro Bowl? No, I ain't even watch it, bro. That that joint, is, that joint is corny, bro. I can't watch that. I I've never. They need to get away with the Pro Bowl. That's like the most pathetic sporting all star event. Basketball all star is kind of iffy now, but they compete once it get down to the um fourth final. quarter. Yeah, fourth quarter showtime. They gonna keep yeah. it close and then they gonna play tight. The football, football is just trash, man. They need to get away with that, man. If anything, just go to flag. I've never seen a weak competitive sports in my life. I've seen better middle school games than that. Yeah, they don't want to be there. I mean, it's like for the people that was competing for the championship games and trying to go to the Super Bowl, they ain't trying to be there. They're going to show, show up to show up. But, I mean, it's either they're going to move it back to after the Super Bowl and try to get people to, to, to come out and show up, which they might not. Or, you know, just do away with it at all. Or, or incentivize it. Or incentivize it the way it should be incentivized. It's like these guys bang and bruise for 16 weeks. And if your team in the playoffs, you're going another two, three weeks, depending. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, they, they, they bodies or their minds need a blow. But, I mean, they just out there having fun with it. But, yeah, if it ain't competitive no more, I mean, I don't know what the ratings yeah. are like, but I ain't even watch it. That's how you know it. It ain't nothing for me. I'm just ready for, I'm ready for the yeah. bowl. And, see, the first downfall was when they moved it from – after the Super Bowl to a week before the Super Bowl. Then they moved from Hawaii. Then, you know, um, you got people who, the third, fourth um, alternates making the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it ain't even like a real. Yeah, because all the starters, they play, they, they compete. They're like, fuck it. They compete for the Super Bowl. More when they get. Most, well, they getting money now. Yeah, most versus time. back in the day when they won't getting paid, and they was like, "Yo, let me go play in this um, Pro Bowl mm-hmm. so I can get this um, extra thirty thousand. Yeah, now they getting paid. You know, you make the Pro Bowl team like Sherman. He negotiated his contract. He made the Pro Bowl. 
and get a meal off of that type of stuff. Like, so you got a sentence like that. There's no need to go short for that. When I already got my million by doing the work through the whole season, I ain't showing up for no, you know, Pro Bowl. It's like whatever. They they, they at that point they like man, I already secured the bag. I go out here sign yeah. autographs and all that, but I do that all year long. Yeah. So it's just two sides of the spectrum. So from a business standpoint, if that's my client, I want him to protect himself. I don't want him going out there tearing up nothing. And we and you a million dollar super, you know, super max contract type of guy. I don't want you out there. Mm-hmm. If you're Lamar Jackson and all them type of guys. But if you're not, then you got to, you know, make a name for yourself. You're the athlete or that player trying to make a name for himself or get incentives and bonus, then you got to go out there and do do whatever it takes. So it depends on what side of the spectrum you're on. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So I want to uh, say thank you for coming through or let me come through. Uh, is there any social media you want people to come check you out on if you use them? I mean – I get on the gram every now and then. You know, what I mean, Lacoste underscore Lee. If you get on the gram, I get on Snapchat sometimes. I don't really, I don't do Facebook no more. I retired that. But other than that, I mean, if you know me, you know me. Mm-hmm. If you know me, you know me. But definitely tune in to my boy podcast. Follow him. Check it out. You know, what I mean, this first of many good episodes, and he gonna take this jump to the top. All right, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. To Just BS and podcast.